0: at the height of covid when you were we were i, I almost i'm forgetting how you know we we're so scared to touch anything it was a really awful time and the first time you saw a mask on the ground it was it was quite horrifying but uh, i don't know if you're like me but i have probably seen a few thousand littered masks on the ground and uh, back in 2020 according to a survey uh conducted in Portugal and Canada, around the world, uh, the world was throwing away 3 million masks every minute. And uh, it's probably pretty close to that now. But the Mohawk College in Hamilton has been doing something about that. They've launched a recycling program for disposable masks. Uh, They launched it last summer, and since then, the college has diverted more than a quarter of a million masks from landfills. It's incredibly successful. And Catherine Flynn is the general manager of the Center for Climate Change Management at Mohawk College. And Catherine is here with us now. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. So first of all, congratulations on this. Are um, were, are you surprised at, at just how successful this has been?
1: Uh, well, thank you. Yes, I think um, it's really nice to see all the students and staff participating. And clearly there was a need. So we're really happy with the program so far
0: yeah so so tell us about how it started and and how it works because it it it's not that easy to just to recycle a mask, is it?
1: No, it's not unfortunately. Um because it's a hybrid product of metal and rubber and plastic, it's actually very difficult to recycle um in traditional waste streams. So the idea actually came from a student who, like you, was seeing a lot of masks um, in the streets and and look like litter um, across the city and just was kind of frustrated with all of these masks going to landfill. Um, So she recommended the program or just basically tasked us with trying to figure out a solution. And what we did was we found a company called TerraCycle, who's based in the United States, who actually has a, a system and a program to allow us to Basically put all of the masks into these uh, uh, cardboard boxes and then ship them to the U.S. where they can be um, taken apart and recycled in a specialized program.
0: Wow. So they they have to be kind of separated every every like I guess there's like what's what's the the most sort of uh, difficult part of the mask to to recycle?
1: Yeah, so actually it's the plastic of the mass that's the least valuable in the recyclable, like, market. Um, so there's metal in the nose clamp that can easily be recycled into the metal uh, stream. The rubber actually can be pelletized and then made into things like a uh, playground resurfacing. But the plastic, um, as you know, worldwide, a lot of plastic is just cheap and it's easy to just dispose of rather than recycle. So, that actually is uh, then turned into hard plastics that are then used for outdoor furniture and, and decking.
0: So, <laughs> so outdoor furniture made from masks. And it, it seems like ma- there's a lot of different types of masks. Are, uh, I, and I guess, do, do all the different types of masks have, have different stuff in them and different challenges for recycling?
1: That's a good question. So we are only recycling the medical masks that were distributed on campus. Um, Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, in the early days, I think everyone had the right idea with using fabric masks that you could just wash and reuse. And then, of course, the guidelines came out that that wasn't necessarily the safest option. And so at the college, we had been encouraging folks to use um, medical masks because that was kind of the best way forward. Um, And so, yeah, the medical masks are pretty standard. They're usually pretty uh just like the plastic that you can get the metal and then the rubber. So it's not hard. There's not a lot of variation between the medical masks. But yes, you're right. There's definitely different kinds. And you can't obviously throw like a fabric mask in the in the uh, recycling bins.
0: Right. And if somebody puts because they sort of at first glance, when you look at a medical mask, it just kind of looks like paper. So do you think a lot of people just put them in a in a recycling bin for paper?
1: Absolutely. I think recycling is confusing to all of us. Um, It's really confusing to kind of figure out what is acceptable and what is not. And a lot of products are like masks where they're like hybrids, right? So even one thing that I often see is Tim Horton's cups going into their cycling, but unfortunately they're not because they're plastic covering cardboard. So they can't actually be recycled very effectively. So yes, there's, there's mass confusion um, on masks. And there's also just confusion in general about recycling.
0: Yeah. I've heard that referred to as wish cycling.
1: Yes, exactly. Yep. That's it.
0: Yeah. So, and, and when something like that goes into the recycling stream, it kind of screws up the whole process, doesn't it?
1: It does, unfortunately. Um, and you can see it in the statistics, only about 9% of plastics are recycled worldwide. And that's for a variety of reasons. But one of them is because, yeah, a lot of the time, you know, you might have a perfectly recycled box, like you might have put everything right in the blue box, but then your neighbor next to you has thrown in a bunch of things that don't belong there and contaminates the waste cycle, which doesn't always necessarily mean that it's not all recycled, but it makes it much more difficult and much more expensive for waste haulers to be able to like um, recycle effectively.
0: Right. So, so you have these boxes uh, around the college. Um, is there a push to just make these boxes be available everywhere?
1: That's a good question. So unfortunately, the boxes come at a cost. So what ends up happening is because um, we can't find uh, services in Ontario, we actually have to ship the boxes to this company called TerraCycle and they have a facility in New Jersey. So it actually is a cost to the college and, we decided because we were asking people to abide by these public safety um, you know, codes and regulations to keep everyone safe, we also needed to take responsibility for the accumulation of waste on campus. So we decided to, um, be able to basically pay um, for each box, unfortunately, which is, I think, sometimes really cost prohibitive for a lot of different companies, but if they can afford it, it's a really great opportunity to make an impact and to show your employees or um, the folks that you work with uh, that you're really trying to take responsibility for the waste that's being created, unfortunately, because of this pandemic.
0: Right. So is this something that you feel you might get some, some support from the government for, some funding? Is that something that you're looking at?
1: I, I really hope that in Ontario, there's going to be just kind of a I think, and I think there is kind of a mass movement towards really taking care of the waste that we're accumulating. I think a lot of, we see this at the college all the time, a lot of students are very concerned about it. We see it, you know, it's an eyesore on the streets, it's an eyesore in our waterways, it's affecting the health of our oceans. So I think that there is going to be a movement towards trying to take better responsibility for waste in our society and I, I do hope that there is some guidance and some protocols that are coming up from the government um, but right now I think just with this pandemic, I don't think a lot of people have been thinking about the effects of the waste. I think a lot of people have just been trying to stay safe and try to stay focused on, you know, what they have to do. So hopefully we're moving towards that, but I'm not sure we're there yet.
0: Yeah. And that brings us to something else that we'll talk about after the break about, uh, what, when you're dealing with something like an epidemic, a, a pandemic, uh, A lot of concerns kind of get thrown out the window, and when you go into hospitals, you see the kind of equipment they're using, the kind of waste that's being produced. I want to ask you about that when we return. We're talking to Catherine Flynn, General Manager of the Center for Climate Change Management at Mohawk College, and we'll be back with more of Catherine when a little more conversation continues with me, guest host Martin Strong. Ben's back tomorrow, and uh, we'll be back right after this. I'm Martin Strong, sitting in for Ben tonight, and we're talking about all the masks that you see on the ground. Uh, and it's not just the litter of the masks, because it, it's also about where they end up if you just throw them away, or if you try to recycle them. And our guest right now uh, has a she's part of a a, a really uh, innovative solution to that. She's with Mohawk College that has launched a campaign that is uh, recycling. Surgical or, I guess, uh, masks, COVID masks. And Catherine Flynn is the general manager of the Center for Climate Change Management at Mohawk College. And uh, I mean, it really is amazing how many masks get thrown away. I was looking at the statistic of something like it, at the height of the pandemic, three million masks were being thrown away every minute, which is insane. Yeah.
1: It is. It
0: truly is. <laughs> yeah. And you, you think about uh, people recycling or they want to recycle and it seems like something you should be able to recycle, but it's not. And uh, these are, are boxes that, that get sent to facilities that actually can pick apart what's what, what's what <laughs> and, and it actually works. So what do you say to people who want to get involved in this, that they want to try something? What, what's your advice to them?
1: Yeah so the most important thing I think is to realize what is able to be recycled and what's not. Um so I I think a lot of people start with the idea that you know waste is really overwhelming. They go to the grocery store, they feel like they have no choice but to, you know, buy all this plastic Um, And so the first thing that you can do is is just really understand what actually can go on your municipal waste stream. And there's actually even some really great apps uh, that you can download. I know in Hamilton, we have a waste app. I think it's called like Recycle Pro or something like that. Um, And so just kind of getting more familiar with that is great. But the overall message, too, is to try and reduce as much as you can. So um, try to shop at places that encourage, you know, like less waste, um, that don't have a lot of packaging on their products. Um, try to, yeah, just think about your consumption patterns and try to identify ways that you can cut back. No waste is kind of the best scenario. Um, but I obviously understand and we all understand that we live in a world where there's lots and lots of plastic waste. So trying to be responsible with recycling it is also very important.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to a pandemic, Uh, All of a sudden, all bets are off because it it seems like we have more important concerns. And that's something that uh, has been a concern in hospitals for quite some time, even before the pandemic, the amount of plastic and waste that's used, but it also means less, uh, I guess, infections, less bacteria. And uh, so how do you draw the line between
1: that? That's a great question. So I think for us at the college, we realized that the first priority is to keep people safe. So we really encourage people to use medical masks. Um, And that's why we really developed this program is because we felt that what we were trying to do is be responsible for you know, ensuring that people were safe or staff and students on campus were safe, but then also taking responsibility for the accumulation of waste. So, as I said before, we we pay for the boxes, we pay for the shipping to get them to a place where they can be recycled. So we're trying to take responsibility for both sides of things. But I understand. I mean, it's it's very difficult. And obviously, with the pandemic, we were just caught really you know, unprepared. So I think a lot of the things that we can take forward are some ideas on how to make all of this much more sustainable and, and make sure that, you know, if this does happen again, we're also much more prepared, both medically and then also from a sustainability perspective.
0: Right. And would you like to see uh, a difference in the way masks are actually created and made?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to this whole concept of plastics recycling in general. I mean, there's more plastic in the world than we need. Um, and so just actually recycling it and making it into products like masks would be a much, much more sustainable way of of handling things like this. Um, it would be really great to see just, again, that, that recycling actually in place instead of only, you know, one in 10 products actually being recycled properly. Yeah, it,
0: it, it does seem kind of uh, depressing when you, when you hear statistics like that, when you spend so much time sorting your garbage and putting the plastics in, in the bin, and, and then you find out so little of it is actually going to where it's supposed to go. Um, I mean, how, how, do we, how do we fight that? I mean, what, what do we need to do to, to up those numbers?
1: That's a great question. And I, I think it's truly a, it's a, a huge issue. Um, the one thing that I would say, and I think this is, you know, maybe a little bit too too high level, but I think it's something that is encouraging is, you know, we're really going through an energy transition right now. We're, we're moving off of fossil fuels slowly but surely And plastics are actually, the reason why they're so cheap and plentiful is because they're a byproduct of our dependence on fossil fuel. And I think once we start moving towards clean energy, we're going to see that the incentives to recycle plastics are going to get a lot higher. So as we're kind of solving a lot of issues with climate change, we're also going to be able to see... A lot of these waste issues being worked on in significant ways. In the meantime, though, and I, I really encourage people like the student who recommended this to really speak up within your workplace or the place where your kid goes to school, or even just in your household and make small changes. I think that gives you at least a little bit of hope and a little bit of perspective and maybe a feeling a bit of a control and, and living within your values. If you really care about waste, don't wait for someone else to solve it. Try to really, you know, do little steps because that will keep, you know, you at least activated and engaged on this issue while we kind of solve the the larger kind of global issue around plastic waste.
0: So, so if you're feeling like it's not doing any difference, get that out of your mind and just continue to separate it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, again, people learn from others modeling the behavior that they want to see. I mean, I was of the generation where we learned in schools about recycling, our parents didn't know anything about it. And we taught our parents how to do it. And we, we encouraged them. So I think it's really important to kind of, yeah, again, like keep up the good fight, try to do what you can, and then model the behavior that you want to say. And you know, Hey, like if you see your neighbor putting out something in the recycling bin that they didn't, you know, they, they meant to recycle, but it's not recyclable. You can always just politely share some insight with them and and try to make sure that the waste stream isn't so contaminated.
0: Yeah. And, and really quickly, before I let you go, what's one thing that people can do that, that may not really think about when it comes to getting rid of all the waste that they use?
1: So one thing that I would suggest is if you're ordering online, try to order in bulk. Um, That's one thing that we've been doing in our household when we need to do, you know, that big order from Amazon or whatever, um, we try to order in bulk so that there's just fewer packages of cardboard or plastic coming to our house. We find that that also reduces waste, but then it also reduces emissions. So if someone's just coming and doing one drop-off um, to your house so that they're not driving all over the neighborhood and delivering every day, you get that kind of one big drop-in and you get to reduce a lot of your waste and your emissions from that, that delivery
0: that is an excellent piece of advice because that happens to me all the time. I will get something delivered and it'll be something quite small and it's just a huge amount of packaging. It's, and I feel horribly guilty about it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a great opportunity to reduce uh the, the guilt that you feel and also get all the things that you want. Like it's almost like Christmas, right? You get like one big package and it feels great.
0: (laughs) I like it. Catherine Flynn, general manager of the center for climate change management at Mohawk college, uh, a college where they have uh, developed a really efficient way of recycling masks. And uh, I wish you the best of luck with it. And I hope it uh, gets even bigger. So thanks for talking to us, Catherine.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a good night.
0: Great. Uh, Thank you.